Hey everybody, welcome back to 10% True. Just before you get stuck into this episode, I wanted to let you know that in 2024, I'm going to be republishing my book, Red Eagle's America's Secret Megs. That's the story of the 4477th Test Evaluation Squadron and the program Constant Peg that exposed American fighter aircrew to secretly acquired and operated MiGs in the Nevada desert in the 1970s and 1980s. The book's been out of print for a while. It goes for crazy prices online, but I'll be republishing as a softback exclusively through my website, 10percenttrue.com. If you're thinking about supporting the channel, you'd like to buy the book for yourself or even as a gift, please do go and place a pre-order. I'll put a link in the description. All pre-orders are going to be 25% off and I'll make sure I personally inscribe and sign your copy for you. Anyway, I'll let you get back on with enjoying this episode. Take care. What is what is the T thirty eight that you're flying at the moment? Then what is that actually simulating? So you're with the second fighter training squadron. Is that what it's called? FTS. Yeah, it, it's it's uh, we provide adversary support for the F twenty two directly, also the F thirty five, and um, you know we we can simulate. You know, I'm not going to get anything tactical or classified on here, but you know, we can we can simulate quite a few things. Um, basics I mean the, the long answer short is we provide pictures so you know we give them something that's real that they can go and target and you know we, we simulate the various uh, adversaries and we can go out and, and give them training points and it works I mean it's it's a very small airplane that's very hard to see um, and it, it's it's you know we provide the other thing is we're, we're what they call budget dust so we're so cheap to operate, you know, we can put 12 T-38s out there and it's, you know, versus, you, you know, you'd never, for the price, you'd never be able to replicate that because we're so cheap to operate. One thing I wondered about was how easily the role of the squadron you're with at the moment could be replaced by uh, a contractor. So, you know, I know a guy, um, he, he's the chief pilot for a defense contractor. They're about to go and get a bunch of grippins. Does the T-38 in that role have a future really? Does the, does the squadron you're in have a future? We're tied to the F-22, so wherever the F-22 goes, the T-38s are going to follow. It's a military structure with contract maintenance that's very good. It's a very reliable airplane. Um, the you know it's it's one thing to have a contract and the contractor says nope, it's not in the contract. We can't do that. Versus a military chain of command where you can go poke your finger in his chest and go no, you're you're going to do that. Uh, obviously within limits of safety of flight. I'm not talking, you know, but I'm saying as far as, hey, we want to fly Saturday. Well, it's not in the contract to fly Saturday, but, you know, the, the active duty can absolutely support a, a whatever, you know, a turn eight or whatever. Um, so, but, you know, as far as the T-38, the cost is already there. Do I think contract red air is going to have a big influence? Absolutely. I mean, they... At, they've got a what six billion dollar contract or something like that six or seven billion dollars I mean it's it that's the way things are going and they have the ability to do a lot of things that we can't but you know at the end of the day uh, I think it's something that's probably augment you know it's something that we can do together just like when I was at 204 you know contract writer is not new uh, ATAC Draken they would all augment what we were doing you know so we had the f5s which f5s are kind of like t38 they're very cheap to operate they provide a, a good service although f5s are a lot more capable than a t38 but you know we would go out and have you know the kafirs and an f18 and and the 
archive in a, in a package. So it's not just one type because you got to think too, once you hit that merge, you know, if we're, if we're simulating that or for, for doing that, you know, it's nice to be able to see different types of aircraft and not be just one, you know, one type of aircraft that you're trying to VID and maybe sometimes they're friendlies, maybe sometimes they're strikers, you know, so there's a lot of capability there, but you know, it, it always comes down to money and I think the T-38 is probably cheaper than anything, you know, anybody can do at this point. So, so what is the uh, the future for you then? You, you've obviously the T-38s are not flying at the moment at Tyndall. The base got, base got destroyed by the hurricane. Um, is there an opportunity for you to go to the F-22? Is that something you'd like to do? Is it possible? It's not possible. Um, you know, I've got, what is this, 2019? So I, I'm a, I think I've got seven years left to hit 20. Uh, and I can go, you know, another eight years if I make 05. Um, I don't know. Honestly, have no idea. Uh, you know, the, the, the T-38s, you know, I don't know that they're going to go away. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, the future is just uncertain. I'm not, you know, I, I'm very much hoping that we, they figure out a plan to maintain our presence where we're at. And we just, you know, continue doing that. Um, cause it's the best deal. I mean, it's the best flying deal in the, in the military right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's for a reservist. It doesn't get much better than that. Um, I absolutely, you know, if the opportunity presented itself, I would go to a gray jet and, you know, go do that. But, you know, the, the problem with that at my level of my career is the older you get, the harder sell it becomes, you know, units want guys that have, you know, maybe you're just getting off active duty that have got, you know, 10 years or eight years or, or whatever. They don't want, um, guys that have been out of gray jets for as long as I have you know I haven't flown the the Hornet since 2016 so it's been four years since I've flown anything with a radar and I think that makes it a very hard sell um, but you know if the opportunity presents itself I absolutely would do it you know it's just you know something I potentially contract red air you know potentially doing something like you're talking about might be the uh, only answer I'm you know doing a non-flying reserve job and then scratching the burner itch with some kind of contract red air or something like that on the side but uh, i honestly don't know i'm, I'm told the guys at nellis uh, are looking yeah so. i I've, I've heard and they're actually going to go down to eglin too i mean they're they're going to bring jets at some point and you know as that contract gets filled i think you'll see uh you'll see more openings and you'll see more i think uh, there's actually a company that's got an f-16 top aces They've got F-16s, but they're like Jordanian Block 15s or something. They're not okay. Block 30s or anything. But yeah, a lot of good opportunities. I don't. I honestly can't say. I don't know. What is what is your writing and your um, you know, your social media presence? Because you're building a brand here on, on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, your your growth seems. I, I don't know really anything about what's what, good or bad, but it seems to me to be pretty phenomenal. Um, you know, in terms of subscriber count and uh, engagement. You're upsetting lots of you know flat flat earthers and um, <laughs> Top Gun Two fans and they're idiots. Yeah. So so, so well, how, how does that fit in? The Top Gun Two fans. I'm a fan of Top Gun Two. I, people are too. There's everybody's too sensitive about everything. I don't know. You can't say anything. You know, there's some very very rabid fans of you know. You can't say that that's uh, CGI or else they will come after you, hardcore. Um, no, it's been a wild ride. That's I mean. I, I'm proud of, of kind of what it's become. I didn't expect it to be what it, what it is. I, you know, I've been writing books since uh, 20, I put my first book out in 2013. And um, 
you know, I've, I've taken some backlash within the community about it, which is, you know, people thought I wrote a tell-all autobiography about Homestead, which, no, it's a fiction book. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's kind of gotten some, it, it has hindered some other opportunities, and I, I've enjoyed writing, though. I mean, I've enjoyed, you know, I've written 10 books, and, and the series has progressed, and, you know, it's, the first book used Homestead as a place because I needed it for Cuba. And it's the only place that would make sense for the plot that's in that book. Uh, and I tried to write it realistically. I didn't know. I mean, you're a writer, right? You've got quite a, quite a bit of writing. Um, I did not realize that the average person didn't want that level of detail. Like, I wanted to write, you know, no kidding, this is exactly how life would work, you know, except with the little changes. Then I started to realize, you know, it's not as popcorn-y thriller, so I, I kind of got away from that and then kind of found a happy medium as I went through the, the different books. Um, last year, is it, is it last year now? I don't know. 20, 2017 uh, is when I started, no, 2018. Gawky, who's a guy I've had on the channel, actually talked me into doing a YouTube channel. He's like, dude, you, you know, you want to reach out to your fans, let them get to know you, do this. And it started out, I bought a car, and I'm like, well, I'll be like one of the car channels, you know, and I'll just talk about books every now and then. And then I told the story, kind of like what we talked about here, about how I became a fighter pilot. And the theme of that wasn't that I am awesome, because I don't think I'm awesome. It wasn't that, you know, I'm some, you know, zipper-suited sun god. The whole point was just to say, I'm an average dude that has had a lot of good opportunities, that has overcome some adversity, because you know I, I refuse to let somebody at a low level tell me no. And that's where the make them tell you no thing has come from, because uh, people kind of, that video took off by itself. And I've started getting questions from kids via email, via Facebook, you know, they just want to know how do you do it, how do I become a fighter pilot, and so it became a make them tell you no, which means don't self-eliminate, don't be your own worst enemy, allow the person that's in a position of authority, the, the one that absolutely is uh, the, the final say, let that person do it. In fact, funny story on that, the person that actually told me no at, at Brooks that said I needed a waiver and then worked my waiver paperwork actually emailed me after seeing the channel and was like, hey, you remember me? I'm the one that did that. And now I use him to answer questions because he's at Right Pat now. I use that as a resource. So what I've tried to do with the channel is, yes, I do aviation stuff, but I don't. I try not to be one-dimensional because I try to make it about what I enjoy. So cars, guns, you know, sometimes we do stupid video games, sometimes we do aviation related stuff. And it's been, it, it's the, the stuff that obviously does well is the aviation stuff and I understand that, but I also just, you know, to avoid burnout and because, you know, it's not, it's mostly just for fun. You know, it's not currently a, a profession. Um, you know, I just, I try to do a smattering of everything and some people like everything and some people like just certain things and they can watch and, and hopefully enjoy it. But it's funny that, you know, I you talk about 20,000 subscribers this month because of Top Gun 2. And I had no idea that, you know, cause I, I did a Top Gun, the first Top Gun 2 trailer, I did a reaction video, like when that, when they first announced the Top Gun was coming out and that thing, maybe 20,000 views, 30,000 views, nobody watched it. And so I did a video last Monday or two months, whenever the Top Gun thing came out. Uh, I did a video and they, uh, I, I had already done it, it was an exhaust video for my car. And all the comments said, Top Gun 2's out, do a reaction video. Top Gun 2's out, doing a reaction video. I'm like, come on, man, I don't want to 
like, no, 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 it's awesome. So I watched it. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, you know, turned on the camera and like, all right, I'll do a little quick Mondays with Mover Extra. It's no big deal. And holy crap, 1.5 million views in a week. And I was like, but I didn't know that another channel had done their own reaction video and had said everything was 100% real. I had no idea that there was going to be this big controversy about CGI and stuff. Like, I was just like, yeah, it's, it's not real. You know, I mean, obviously, as a pilot, you look at that and you're like, yeah, okay. You know, they're not going to they're not going to do that. The Navy's not going to sign off on it. I understand that. You know, anybody in aviation background understands that. But people, I, I've gotten messages. People have said I've ruined the movie for them. People have said I've ruined Christmas. I've ruined, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I've completely destroy you know just because i said it was cgi and then the next day paramount comes out with a behind the scenes which all it was was cameras in the back seat of the you know the the hornets that they did and people were like see i told you that you know so i was like well all right let me write, do another video and i'm like okay here's what i was talking about i didn't say it was all cgi i just said these scenes are cgi and here's why and of course, you know, then you get the semantics argument about, well, it's not CGI, it's VFX, and it's not VFX, it's compositing, and it's not this. And you're like, it's not real either way. Oh my God. The most triggered people are the ones that they got mad at me for calling them GoPros. <laughs> so I called the cameras, they're like, no, it's a 6K Cinema 69600 4. You've got to get that right. I can't believe you didn't know that. I fly with GoPros. So, so this is, uh, I mean, this is this is a curious thing for me, and I'll make this quick because I, I want to let you get away. And I do have an AMA, just a you know seven yeah. questions to ask. I, I'd like to do yeah. if I can. Yeah. But but you talked about it being fun, and um, you know, at a very small level, I've experienced the same sort of thing where I've gone to a community. I'm trying to put some YouTube videos together and, and build a channel because I'm creating content that I would like to listen to. That's that's mm -hmm. my goal, and and that's fun. And I've 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 caught some flack for doing that. And so, and initially, I sort of. I, I rallied against it and I tried to justify what I was doing and I tried to say, no, you don't understand. You know, I'm not trying to promote, really promote. I'm not making money out of this, but I want people to be able to consume my content. And then I thought, well, fuck it. Actually, I'm just going to delete it. I, I, you know, not the content, but, you know, me going to Reddit or going to a sub in Reddit and trying to, you know, get, get interest in my content because, because that takes away from the fun. And one of the things that I noticed about um, your your one of your first um, videos on DCS was I think you called it a game and, and there was a big reaction to you calling oh, yeah. it a game that was a big thing and so I wondered you know so it is for fun you're doing it because you enjoy it um, you know at what point do you walk away at what point do you actually stop responding to people um, because I did notice your video from earlier today where you're saying okay I've had some hate mail I've had some bad reaction you know at what point does this become a grind for you uh, yeah. and stop being fun I don't know I mean Here's the thing, what makes it fun is, one is when I get emails and messages from kids that, and I call them kids, they're adults, um, people that have a success story because they watched a video and they were like, you inspired me and I just wore in today. I've had that happen, you know, and I always said, you know, if, one, if, if I inspire the one person that saves a, a platoon of Marines on a hilltop somewhere, you know, 20 years from now, become you know lands on mars or something you know that's i mean that's a little narcissistic but if it inspires somebody it's 100 percent worth it um on the other stuff like the hate mail i i actually enjoy reacting to stuff like that i it's to me it's funny you know people think that 
I guess it's because you know I've got that fighter. It's that, it's that kind of a fighter pilot thing where you you kind of you kind of deadpan stuff and you you've got fear of sarcasm or ridicule. People don't understand that in the public, so they think I'm really pissed off and really reacting and stuff, and I'm laughing like like the girl the that was mad at me because I ruined Tom Cruise and she's like love not really and she was just rolling in on me. I mean you're you're sometimes it is frustrating and I do get kind of caught in the rabbit hole of trying to answer too many questions and trying to defend stuff. Um, but I, there have been many opportunities. I've had, you know, like AWE Tuning, who is the exhaust manufacturer, you know, for the Zero One, they reached out to me. They made that video possible. I just get finished. Uh, Monday is going to be a uh, factory tour with Vans Aircraft. Um, did, got to sit in their RV-10, and I'm hoping to do some content with them next year. Um, I got the the opportunity to go fly with the sheriff's office in um, Hancock or Harrison County and so you know the opportunities have been there to me probably what would make me hang it up is you know if it got to the point where nobody's watching the videos nobody's getting anything out of it and I don't have anything else left to say you know if it gets to the point where where my friends because I every video I do I always have like a, a posse that I send to and I'm like, dude, make sure I don't violate rule number one. And I, you know, rule number one on the channel is don't be a douche. It's the rule. It's the only rule in my Facebook group. You know, don't be a douche. You know, as long as I continue to not violate that, that's fine. I I think the hate mail's funny. So I've got a bunch of questions that which aren't hate mail, um, and I'll, I'll quickly rattle through them if I can. Um, yeah. So Daniel um, NL. So these are mostly from um, the DCS forums. Uh, yeah. So Daniel NL asks, will you do a DCS F-16 Viper Part 3 video soon, and if not, why not? There is no, so it was only ever intended to be a two-part um, video, and partly, and I actually answered this in a comment because somebody asked, I'm still flying, um, I still have a security clearance, I'm still active, and I have had some very weird emails from people that have been reportable, that I've had to actually, you know, go to the, the OSI and go, hey, look, this is what's happening. Um, I'm not going to do anything tactical that involves weapon systems, that involves anything that the enemy can use against current fire pilots. I mean, that, that, that is why it kind of stops at takeoff and landing and SFOs and refueling and stuff like that. I just, you know, we've done some BFM stuff, guns only, uh, and that's about as far as I can, I, I'm comfortable doing. Sounds pretty reasonable. Um, he also asks, can you announce when you play online? So if you go on a player versus player server like Blue Flag so that other people will come along and fly with you? I could, but I don't. I don't, don't? I, I don't play other than the videos I've done. I just, uh, I, I play racing games. I've been playing NASCAR Heat. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't, because I, you know, I, DCS is a great uh, simulator, like I call it a game, but I, I just don't enjoy it as much as, I do flying the real thing. You know, I'd rather go out and fly the real thing, and you know, I don't. I don't play online. So, in that case, then um, his next question was whether or not you consider making a video on flying player versus player uh, with gon <laughs> with gonky or wags. Um, that your answer is the same well, for that. I well, guess. we have, we have. No, I mean, so I did a video uh, with Gonky last year. Uh, gonky doesn't have a setup, so when, when, in order for Gonky to do this, he has to go somewhere and actually like borrow somebody's you know he's not a technical guy you know he has no reason to do that um 
as far as WAGs, I've done a video with him, and it's the same thing as my first answer to why there's no part three. I was comfortable going in the F5 where I didn't have weapon systems and just talking basic setups and kind of talking some very general BFM stuff, but I don't want to go out and go full up. And because what I noticed from previous videos is when you do certain things, people start asking certain questions. And I, you just, it's just, it's too much of a risk. So uh, JRoss194 asks, um, what do you think about people like myself, him, that make a hobby out of doing something, even though it's simulated, that you do for a living? I, I, I think it's awesome. I, I might make a hobby out of driving race cars. You know, I mean, it's, I'm not a race car driver, and, you know, I, I, I play the racing games. I, you know, I, I, that's actually the only game I play. Um, it's an escape, you know, and, and my thing is promoting the profession and promoting aviation and promoting, you know, what we think is cool. So if more people want to simulate it, please do. I mean, I think it's awesome. Absolutely. Go for it. Three more for you, Mover. Um, so this is uh, hip three Ryan. Um, what are the differences in training between a pilot who is planned to be qual carrier qualified and one who is not like the U S Navy reserve? Tactically, there is none. I never went and got carrier qualified because um, we were shore based squadron. And uh, I mean, I, I, for me to go to the, car the carrier, they wanted me to go to 106 and actually do a with the students. And the, the one course I was going to go do, I tore my MCL the, the like two weeks prior, so I didn't get to go to that one. Uh, and then we went as a squadron, but I stood ODO, which is like the supervisor flying. It's, it's soft. You know, I sat in the boat and, and got to watch. But, uh, you know, as for a shore-based squadron, we just don't do, we don't bounce. We don't do field carrier landing practice or anything like that. We always just come back one to full stop, and there's no extra gas for doing bouncing or anything like that like a normal squadron might do. Okay. Um, how does the fact that you're flying single-engine jet into combat affect mission planning and mission execution versus someone who was flying in a twin-engine aircraft like an F-18 or a 15? Combat, I mean, it... It is important to be within, you know, you, you always, as an F-16 guy, I always had to, I always had awareness of where my nearest divert field, you know, because you want to, you know, zoom, climb, you know, you know how much hydrazine you had remaining, EPU fuel, so that, you know, you could divert in, glide in, or whatever. Uh, at some points, it's just unavoidable. You know, you're there to do the mission. The, the GE engines are incredibly reliable. They don't have a lot of problems, so it's not something you worry about. Um, and so you always maintained, at least if you weren't within gliding distance of a field, you were at least within gliding distance of a very friendly area, you know, so that you had a place that you could go and, and jump out of the bad guy land. And if that's not possible, the mission comes first. I mean, there's, you know, you, you can only mitigate it to a certain degree. And then at that point, you're just, hey, I'm here for the guys on the ground. And that's it. Because that, that Jordanian F-16 pilot found that out to his cost, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, and then, uh, Mover, so this is the last question. Uh, so in your airline career, um, what airmanship trait do you wish that your civilian colleagues had compared to some of the military trained guys? Or in different words, what has been taught to you in the military that makes you a better airline pilot than pure civilian pipeline airline pilots? I will start that by saying every civilian I've flown with has been a great professional and uh, you know it's in the airline world it's very hard to tell the difference um i think 
when you get into the simulator stuff, the feedback I have gotten from sim instructors and stuff, because, you know, obviously as a first officer, I don't know, you know, I, I don't fly. Captains are better to answer this because they fly with flow-throughs, you know, at my airline, or they fly with military guys, and they can tell you the differences. My experience has been, from the sim, has been when, when we get to, like, unusual attitudes and some stuff that requires you to be upside down or stick and rudder or three-dimensional thinking like that, Typically, military-trained pilots do better because we spend a lot more time, like, you know, we're doing upset recovery stuff now and stall awareness and stuff, and, I, you know, I typically don't have a problem with that. And, you know, the I have had the Czech airmen and stuff be like, wow, you've that's the least amount of altitude, you know, we've seen in a while. You know, most, most guys struggle with that, and that's because it's just something we practice so much and you kind of get the spatial awareness versus the civilian-trained, the 121 types, don't get it's not mandated so they don't get necessarily a lot of aerobatic training they don't get a lot of upside down training and i think that part that single part you know would help across the board because you know when you get it yourself upside down or you know you need to think outside you know how, how do i get back roll to the nearest horizon like the way they teach it is so rudimentary and you're like okay yep that works but you're not really understanding what's going on because you haven't done it that much he had a, I did say it was the final question. This is the final question. Final <laughs> question. When are you going to water the blue Corvette C8 with the cream interior? Water the blue? I don't even know what that means. Order it. Is there a blue Corvette? I don't, I don't really watch I any of your, your, your car videos. Oh, you I already have, have one. I already have one. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought this was like some kind of sexual thing about putting cream in the, I didn't know what that meant. Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's very telling that your mind went there. Um, yeah. Well, I am a, fighter pilot 69 percent true um i already have the corvette does it have a cream interior no oh, no okay. it's so got a i think he's saying you need to buy one with a cream interior uh, no that's I'm not happy. gonna happen i'm very happy with the interior that my current corvette has but uh maybe he's talking about the c8 i don't know I, he does he does say c8 yeah did no, i not I'm say not ordering. did Cor he say c8 corvette c8 with cream interior oh yeah i don't want a c8 okay well, there we go. I, I made a complete like balls up of that question. And it, was, it was simple to answer. So, Yeah, yeah, I like my car. Awesome. Okay, move on. Um, really appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Yeah, uh, I'll it, continue to, to track and, and monitor your, your progress and um, uh, have a, a great new year.